0: From uh, from Ephesians, the fourth chapter, uh, the importance of being well-connected, as the church was ordered uh, so many centuries ago, the church continues to be ordered around that uh, one uh, central uh, piece of being well-connected with one another by uh, huddling up, by uh, building one another up, and uh, today about growing up becoming uh, more mature uh, in Christ on a daily basis. If we uh, heard it once uh, when uh, we were growing up, we heard it a a thousand times. What do you want to be when you grow up? Some have spent their entire lives trying to to figure that out. You may feel you are one of those. I I like the story told of the teacher who asked the little boy, Johnny, what what do you want to be? When you grow up, and the little Johnny responded, I want to be possible. Why do you say that, uh, the, the, the teacher asked, because my mom is always telling me that I'm impossible. When I grow up, I want to be possible. When it comes to our life in Christ, the possibilities are limitless. The unfortunate thing is that some never really grow up when it comes to their spiritual lives. They They find themselves just basically stymied and and stuck right where they they are. They may grow older, but they never really grow up when it comes to their life in Christ. They stay right where they have been. They, like so many, are quite content to uh, stay exactly where they are. You might say that they are, are saved, but shallow. When it comes to their relationship with Jesus, they are content to only scratch the surface. In a church culture where everything is so seeker-friendly, so seeker-sensitive, people are never really challenged to the place of being uncomfortable. It just doesn't so much happen when you're trying to engage those just scratching the surface, those who are just seeking. People aren't challenged in that sort of culture to make any sort of uh, sacrifice, forgetting that Jesus was all about sacrifice. After all, Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice on the cross. People in this seeker-sensitive culture are not really challenged to change, even though repentance, making an about-face when it comes to to the sin of our lives, is at the heart of the Christian faith. And because of all this and so many more, people are never really challenged to grow spiritually, at least in that seeker-sensitive culture. God wants us to mature. He wants us to, to grow up in every way in Jesus. He doesn't want us stuck, mired, or otherwise stagnant. When it comes to our spiritual lives, God longs for each of us to be vital and vibrant. Last week, in talking about being equipped for the work of ministry, Paul in Ephesians 4.13 talked about reaching unity in the faith and in the, the, the knowledge of the Son of God. Paul wrote about becoming mature, about growing up, if you will, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Paul goes on to talk about that maturity. He takes that very seriously. He does so for every individual and he certainly does so for the church. By talking about maturity, Paul is essentially calling on each and every one of us and for the church to to grow up, to become in every respect mature in Christ Jesus. As we consider that maturity, and as we consider the very things that Paul wrote, let's hear from God's Word. We read today from Ephesians 4, verses 14 through 16. Let's hear this from God's Word. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. be a deep and abiding blessing to each of us, not only as we hear this word read, but as we make effort now to take our lives and apply them to this word. May God be with each and every one of us. Where my uh, office is located, uh, here at the church, I have a a front row seat looking out on the, the playground. All day long, there are kids there doing their thing, and I I love looking out on them. Now, I don't want to leave you with the impression that all I'm doing is looking out on the playground and watching everybody play and wishing I was there. I do get a little bit done, I suppose. There on the playground, all day long, there are little kids, and there are big kids. If play is a kid's work, then these kids really do work hard. They are playing and doing so with great gusto. I particularly enjoy watching the the younger kids. They they sort of toddle around from one thing to the other. That's why they call them toddlers. They are learning how to play together. Every once in a while there are a few tears, but that's all a, a, a part of growing up, all a part of maturing. There's a big difference between the play of the younger children in the morning and the older children in the afternoon. Regardless of age though, the kids aren't just getting bigger in size, they are maturing in all sorts of ways. That's all a part of growing up. It wasn't long ago that every one of those children were, were babies. As a, as, a, as a baby, they were totally dependent on somebody else for their survival. If you think about it, a a baby is inherently selfish. Their very survival depends upon that selfishness. Babies are all but totally dependent upon somebody to feed them, and to feed them not only during the day, but also during the night. Sooner or later, though, that baby will graduate into what I call real food. They won't always be on formula or even baby food. I can't imagine any of us on a steady diet of, of baby food. Just the, the, the carrots alone would, ooh, man, they would just drive us all crazy. Those things look terrible. I know they got to taste terrible. Moving on to solid food is a part of growing up. We were blessed by the Lord, uh, had a, a grandson born the very first week of, uh, of April. His name is Miles. He's now just starting, just starting to eat uh, baby food, and let me tell you, it's been a slow go transitioning uh, from baby from breastfeeding to, to baby food. He's going to have to do that. Miles is, if he's really going to grow like he's supposed to. I figure that that one day he will do just that. He will graduate from solid food and and move on from there. I'm confident about that because I have never met a grieve yet to turn down a meal. We're just hardwired that way. As Christians, every one of us, every one of us would do well to, to move on to the solid food of the gospel. You and I both know that spiritual infancy is, uh, is rampant throughout the church. It's as if uh, people reach a certain point in their spiritual development and they go no further. Youth grapple with some of the toughest subjects in school. You know, they're, they're engaging things that are two and three grades beyond uh, where, where I engage those very same things. They, they, they grapple with those tough subjects in school, but when it comes to growing in the Lord, some just sort of check out. What a shame. Adults deal with some of the most complex systems at work, but when it comes to spiritual maturity, they figure, uh, it's just too tough, too deep. Paul has a pretty stern word about such things in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. He's dealing with the divisions that have uh, cropped up in the church there at Corinth, and he has this to say. I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. The writer of Hebrews weighs in on the very same subject. He talks about spiritual immaturity. He writes in Hebrews 5, 11 through 14, We have much to say to you, but it is hard to explain because you are so slow to learn. In fact, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. Again, call, God calls on us to be mature in Christ. Paul talks about these things in Ephesians 4, verses 14 through 16. Just earlier, he uh, he writes uh, about the importance of, of huddling up. We, we talked about that a, a couple of weeks ago. Paul is all about church unity. He's, he's all about people being well-connected about us being one in the Spirit, if you will. When we attend to the unity of Christ's body, a premium is put on growing in Christ. Unity just leads to that sort of growth in Christ of all who are part of the body. And because that uh, that that is a premium within the life of a given church, spiritual immaturity is less present. It's It's just less prevalent when we uh, huddle up, when we build one another up, when we are are concerned about growing in Christ, the sort of maturity that Paul references is just less prevalent. When people are encouraged to grow in Christ, they they hold one another accountable to nurture their relationship with Jesus. I pray we are holding one another accountable to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and that we do that as a matter of a of, of first order, that we're not lording ourselves over others, but that we are in love, encouraging one another to grow in the faith. I pray we are encouraging one another to stand strong in the midst of the prevailing winds of the world that blow so strongly around us. We, we know that to be true. We uh, we, we sense that, uh, that 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 what we uh, espouse uh, in in our faith and, and, and what swirls in the world today are are oftentimes at odds Paul asserts in, in ephesians 4 that growing in Christ will make us far less susceptible to those prevailing winds we will cease as he he calls it calls it being blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. We will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves. We will cease being like an empty bottle cast about on the waves of an ever-changing culture. We all sense that pressure. We're keenly aware of it. And the fact that we're keenly aware of it if anything, speaks to the fact that we, we long to hold our hearts first and foremost uh, to, to God's good pleasure. We, we seek to do His bidding, His, His will, rather than to, to submit to, to what may be swirling around us. When it comes to the present day, it is as if we are a culture without a compass. Do you feel that these days? That's all the more reason to be concerned about our spiritual growth and maturity to where we find ourselves standing on the solid rock that is Christ our Savior and in the power of God's Holy Spirit that walks with us alongside us every step of the way. It seems that society as a whole is more about political correctness than it is the truth. Truth with a capital T. The truth about God, the truth that is God. Public opinion polls have more sway than the authority of God's Word. Everything is okay these days, just as long as nobody gets hurt. And sometimes, even that's not the case. We've lived through that over the past few weeks. If everything's okay, then it stands to reason that nothing is ever wrong. I've always been challenged by what Isaiah writes in Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20 "Woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness who put uh, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter." Isaiah speaks of things being terribly mixed up and we uh, know how how culture and society can be so mixed up. Somewhere in our walk with Christ, we need to move off the, the milk of the gospel and move on to solid food. When it comes to our walk with, with Christ, there is always more. There is always something else to, to, to experience, something else to, to, to share. God's always doing a new thing in our lives. Maybe better put, God is always wanting to do a new thing in our lives. We need to cooperate with Him through faith. It is inexcusable to profess faith in Jesus and never move beyond our spiritual infancy. God's every desire is for us to be mature in the faith. We Methodists uh, talk about going on to perfection. Have you, uh, you heard that phrase before? going on to perfection. It has everything to do with the the work of God's grace uh, in our lives. God's grace to mold and shape us beyond the time of our acceptance in Jesus and to move us to the place where we are becoming more and more like Jesus. That's it for me. Going on to perfection is a matter of becoming more and more like Christ. Now that's not something that I attain because I've worked hard or, or because I've 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 tried or because I've I've tried to school myself in this that or the other. Going on to perfection, becoming more and more like Jesus is a matter of Jesus doing his thing in me, doing his thing in you. I ask myself all the time, am I different today? than I was yesterday? Am I different today than I was, say, a year ago at this very same time? Am I going on to be more so the sort of person that Christ would have me to be? Now, that sort of thing never takes place unless we we pursue the solid food of the gospel to where we are studying God's Word dutifully, praying For God's will fervently, serving in God's name humbly, giving to God's kingdom generously, and sharing God's love regularly. These sort of disciplines, disciplines that become a way of life, a way of life that is endued with the very power of God's Spirit, bring us to the place of a deeper maturity in Jesus Christ our Lord. And when it comes to all these things, we've got to want to. I've, I've known people who have just given their lives to Jesus and they just can't get enough. And then I've known others that have professed faith in Jesus for years but seem no different in their walk than when they first began. Shirley Conran, in her book Savages, says in regard to spiritual growth, we are never too old to grow up. David Brees, in his uh, his book, Living for Eternity, asserts that those who are strong in the Lord are not perfected by childish pursuits. Eugene Peterson puts things this way in his paraphrase of the Bible, The Message. In paraphrasing that great passage from 1 Timothy 4.7, he writes, Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is is, is, is far more so, making you fit both for today and forever. A story is told of a little boy who fell out of bed in the middle of the night his mother rushed to him to ask him what had happened, and he kind of righted himself, and he says, Mommy, I I don't know. I guess I stayed too close to where I got in. I pray that's not said of you and me when it comes to our spiritual lives, that we stayed too close to where we got in, that we've... uh, been guilty of not really growing, not really maturing in the faith, not allowing God in the power of his Spirit to do with us what he will. I challenge you to move on. I challenge you to move on in your spiritual journey from where you are right now to where God wants you to be. And do that by reading God's Word. Let God speak to you. Let Him reveal to, to you what he, is, what he is trying to say, to, to what He is trying to speak into your life. I, I want to challenge you to, to do such, such things in regard to, the, to the, the reading and study of God's Word. To grow on in your, your spiritual journey by, by trusting God's will. And all of us in this uncertain time, we, we we find ourselves at that that sort of crossroads where we can just kind of go our own way, just kind of live in this malaise of whatever this, this, this season is for us, or we can trust in God's will for what He is doing and how He may be working to transform us and to transform the world. I want to encourage you to to obey God's commands, to stand strong in the very things that you have come to understand in God's way for your life and the way of the world. And then as you mature, as you seek to mature, you do that by reflecting God's character, to, to be that person where the very light of Christ is shining through you for all to see, reflecting God's character in your life all that you say, all that you do. By so doing, you will not only mature spiritually, but you will find yourself maturing in every area of your life. Isn't it interesting? Maturity, when it comes to spiritual things, leads to a maturity in the whole of life. That's just the way it is. That's the way it is for those who want to be mature. In Jesus, in a word, it's time for you and me to grow up, to grow up in him who loves us, to grow up in him who sought to, to give his life so that we might have life, not only in this life, but in the next, that we grow up into the very one who desires our lives to be given over to him through faith. May our hearts crack open and may we receive all that God would have for us. And as we receive, may we find a deep and abiding maturity, a deep and abiding spiritual maturity, being a part of who we are and what we're about. Let me invite you to pray with me. So, God, we pray today that we uh, not be content. To stay as we are, we pray that you jostle us, that you even convict us. May we be awake and alert to your uh, to your good work in our lives. May we find ourselves being molded and shaped, moved along in the very power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray very humbly that you would. Uh, work in us to become more and more like Jesus. As we have talked about uh, spiritual maturity, we pray that you uh, you make us spiritually mature. And Lord, at every turn may we cooperate with you uh, through faith in, in that effort. Lord, our prayer today is that we not be the same right now as we we have been, but that you would take us in this present moment and move us forward to deeper levels of faith, and maturity, and spiritual growth. This prayer we make in the name of Christ. Amen. May God be with us all. I'll invite you to stand and and to share in in our concluding hymn. Uh, Let's lift our praises to the Lord, and may we continue to be uh, jostled, if not convicted, to deeper, uh, deeper places of maturity in our faith.